following audio is from St Nick's Durham. As a church, we exist to love God, love people, and love Durham. We hope that this sermon will serve you well as a supplement to your regular Bible reading, prayer, and participation in your local church. For more information about St Nick's, directions, or resources, please visit stnicks.org.uk. Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you, on, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak, and, I, and justify when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth. Sinful from the time my mother conceived, my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be with it, be whiter than snow. Let me hear your joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create. In me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to, to, to sustain me. Then I will teach trans transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me. And my tongue will sit will sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would not bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O oh God, you will not despise. In your good pleasure make Zion prosper. Build up the walls of Jerusalem, then there will be righteous sacrifices. Whole burnt offerings to delight you then bulls will be offered on your altar. John chapter 12 verses 20 to 33 Now there were some Greeks among those who went to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. Anyone who hates their life on this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. Where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honour the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, for it is this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and will glorify it again. Jesus said, this voice came for your benefit, not mine. Now it is time for the judgment of this world. Now the prince, prince of this world 
will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted from this earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Father God, be with me now as I speak. And be with us all as we seek to know your will for us today. Amen. So, it's been a year, a whole year. A year of mostly sitting on the sofa and joining in worship while being distracted by the crumbs under the TV. Or is that just me? Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I don't think amongst those of you here in church or watching at home, great that you can be with us wherever you are, I don't think any of you have been caught up in desire and when the consequences of your actions were pregnancy, murdered someone to cover your tracks. At least, I really hope not anyway. But our psalm today, Psalm 51, is titled, A Psalm of David, when the prophet Nathan came to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. Now, we could talk for a long time about when this psalm was written, the likelihood, low, of it actually being written by David, the fact that it doesn't actually refer to that incident at all within the body of the psalm. Or we could take it as it stands and ponder what it can say to us today. This is a psalm which, if you have been saying daily prayer in Lent, you will have come back to daily, and it has much to say to us. It's been a challenging year for all of us, and we are sin-filled beings, and that sin has come to the surface in all sorts of ways this year. Many of us have been living at very close quarters with our loved ones over the last year. And yes, we do love them, but they do drive us up the wall. Close proximity leads to shorter fuses, unkind words, actions that we regret. Our hearts can very easily fill up with anger and resentment and envy. Anger with Bob and Jane next door who have carried on meeting up with their friends and family throughout lockdown while you have followed the rules and missed your own friends and family terribly. Resentment that the essential job you've been doing in a supermarket has been undervalued as others have been applauded. Envy that those in other parts of the world or even in other parts of the country have had to live with fewer restrictions. We think of that list that comes before the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. That seems to sum us up at the minute. And we wonder where our love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control have disappeared to over the last year. There is also a whole layer of COVID guilt that many of us are experiencing. We want to do something important to help and we see others doing that, but our circumstances mean that it's just not possible. Instead, we're stuck at home attempting and mostly failing to study 
or refereeing squabbling children or watching daytime TV because we have reached the point where anything else just takes too much concentration and energy. I want to say today that in this period of Lent, as we look towards Jesus' death, which he predicts again in today's Gospel reading, this psalm can speak to us. What does God want from us? And what will he do for us? What does God want from us? God wants us, first of all, to remember who he is. He is a God of steadfast love and abundant mercy. That is where this psalm begins. Not with sin, but with love and mercy. We are deeply loved by God. But let's not look at this with rose-tinted spectacles. God loves us, and he is merciful towards us, but we have sinned. We have transgressed. We need washing from our iniquity and cleansing from our sin. This is a psalm of honesty before God, of not pretending. I know my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Of course, God knows our sin anyway, but he wants us to own it because it is only by admitting it that we can let it be dealt with. Verse 6 says, you desire truth in the inward being. I think a lot of our conversations over the last year have become, become more truthful. It has become okay when people ask us how we are to say we are struggling. Part of that is thankfully due to a greater understanding in society of mental health issues. But in large part, it has also been due to the grimness of what we have been living through. But that admitting that we are not okay is what we need to do before God too. As John Bell puts it, God does not want us to be nice. God wants us to be honest. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. This last year, if it has taught us anything, has taught us that we cannot do it all on our own. In our street, during the panic buying phase of the first lockdown, we had a WhatsApp group, and anyone who saw something in short supply, flour or yeast or whatever, would buy three or four bags, if they could get their hands on them, of course, and share it with others. People who have been self-isolating have had to rely on others to get them their shopping. We have learned that we need each other. And more importantly, we have learned that we need God. We can't do this without him. Our spirits are broken. In early 2020, we were doing okay, thank you very much, carrying on with work or studies or caring responsibilities, looking forward to holidays, enjoying life. Most of us had money in the bank to meet our immediate needs and pay for some luxuries too. We came to church, saw our friends, thanked God for his goodness, but did we actually feel that we needed him deep down in our hearts? But we need God. God does not want hearts that are doing okay, thank you very much, but that remember him for an hour on Sundays. God wants hearts 
that know they are utterly dependent on him. Broken and contrite hearts that know we can't do this on our own. What does God want from us? Honesty. But the second question, what does God do for us? Well, we've already said he is a God of steadfast love and abundant mercy. That love sets the foundation for all that follows in this psalm, which was described by Brueggemann as an intense and honest tracing of the route from an old life of alienation to a new life of glad relationship. It's a drama of rehabilitation. Verse 10, please, create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. When we are honest, and only when we are honest, God can do this work in us. He can't create a clean heart if we don't see that it's in need of cleaning. He can't wash us whiter than snow if we don't acknowledge our dirt and let him wash us but he will do this work in us. We can't do it ourselves, we can't make ourselves clean, but he can. He will purge us with hyssop. Now hyssop was used at the time for a variety of ritual purposes, one of which was sprinkling the blood of Passover on doorposts of houses. And that brings us to our reading from John's Gospel, to Jesus's prediction of his death. This prediction comes in John after Jesus has been anointed by Mary. Even after Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, which we will of course be thinking about next week, this Sunday is Passion Tide. We are now looking towards Jesus' death, which he is approaching unflinchingly. Now, Christmas adverts every year seem to be designed deliberately to make us weep. And I remember early on in the autumn last year discussing what on earth they would do for Christmas 2020. And yes, there were lots of moments when tears were in my eyes. But I don't know about you, I loved the Tesco advert. Who remembers that one? The one where various people admitted their 2020 crimes, buying too many loo rolls, a child giving his sister a really bad haircut, the mum confessing her homeschool failings, and the punchline, this year at Tesco, there is no naughty list. It echoed things I'd said to friends about the free pass I thought we had in terms of forgetting stuff, letting kids have way too much screen time and eating way too much chocolate. But I think that message is one we need to hear now. God loves us and thanks to Jesus, there really is no naughty list. We can be washed whiter than snow. God does not cast us away from his presence if we turn to him and acknowledge our brokenness. We may feel broken right now, but that does not mean we are on a naughty list in God's eyes. God loves us. He loves us when we honestly admit our brokenness. When we cry out to him that we need him and we can't do this on our own. As Ruth reminded us so beautifully last week, our God is a God of redemption. A God who brings good out of impossibly bad situations. Yes, our faith has taken a battering over the last year. But the love of our God for us remains constant. So what does God do for us? He loves us and he wipes the slate clean. 
in the words of our next song, grace and love like mighty rivers poured incessant from above and heaven's peace and perfect justice kissed a guilty world in love. And knowing the constant love of our God, how do we live? We live knowing that since we have been forgiven, there really is no naughty list. And we seek to follow Jesus. The Jesus who in our New Testament passage today predicted his death. The Jesus who gave his life for others and calls for us to do the same. To live unselfishly. To, in the words of John Wesley, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Yes, the last year has been so tough in so many ways that we just couldn't have imagined this time last year. And yes, we may feel weighed down by a sense of our failings, our sin, but we can still be used by God in his mission for our world. Humans have sinned, but God will still work through them. Good bit of Tom Wright there. We can make people smile, provide food for those who are hungry, tell people that God loves them, stand up where we see injustice and the devastation of our world. Whatever you do, don't write yourself off. God loves you. He knows you and he loves you and he wants to work through you in wonderful ways. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St Nick's Durham podcast. If you'd like to hear more sermons and teaching like this, then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about St Nick's, visit our website at stnicks.org.uk.